plays at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Time to talk about them wide receivers. Oh. Guys, uh, weapons for Trey Lance. How Shannon can scheme up to have the young guy get the ball to. It's going to be a very uh, eclectic group because there's a lot of guys available for the 49ers in free agency, but which ones actually make sense? Um, there's high-end guys, Alex, but are those high-end guys even close to being on the 49ers radar? Uh, look, it's going to be harder on the high-end guys, right? Because cap space, you don't want to necessarily eat up too much room. You also want to be able to pay Debo Samuel. Um, so there's 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 that. It's a little bit harder to pay the top-end guys. Right. And, but there's still a lot of names, still a lot of options, still a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. And you and I looked at this list, and we talked about it, and I put some names, and we added it in, and you had plenty of names that were already on my list already. And it's like, okay, we can make this, we can make this work. But it's a long list, so TCC, Cutback Crew, Faithful, buckle up, because... There's a lot of names. Uh, and listen, I get it. People are really excited about the the free the draft class at wide receiver. All the speed. There's also some speed in the free agency room. Yeah. A lot of speed in the free agency room. Well, the one thing you can do is if you fill a lot of the holes in free agency, uh, especially on cheap, you know, guys in like the second or third wave, then you don't have to worry about that in the draft. You can get players as best available. Mm -hmm. So that way, if you do come across a receiver in the draft, you can draft them as best available. And the 49ers have plenty of room in the receiver for, uh, for improvement. And also just because you only currently have two guys under contract right now, of course, we all know exclusive rights free agent Jawan Jennings will be back. Uh, he's too cheap. And he also played at a very high level. But it doesn't mean you're not looking to improve that room. You do not want to bring back some of the guys that you had in the, on the team before like Travis Benjamin, of course, River Craycraft, um, went all the way across the country to go to the Miami Dolphins. But we don't want to see those kind of guys on the roster. You want to move forward. You want to improve the room. And I think that there's guys out there that they can do that with that are a lot cheaper than you might think they are. Uh, agreed, yeah. There's tons of names. Um, let's start with one of the first guys on the list that I... He's on my list, but he's on my list in the sense that I like all his potential, his speed, all those other things injuries is the big concern can this guy stay healthy a guy that you were like we need to we need to talk about this guy will fuller yeah. will fuller is a guy who has been not only speedy ant but a guy who shows the big play potential flashes all the all the positive things that you want to see about taking the top off the defense did so with deshaun watson a young quarterback mobile with a big arm oh man trey lance young quarterback mobile big arm it almost makes too much sense he's been injured a lot suspended the first part of last season as well He's not going to cost a lot of money, but why does this make sense? Do the Niners need to take this chance, take this risk? It makes sense for a couple of reasons. Number one, you've seen Kyle Shanahan move in the direction since he got to San Francisco of making sure he had one guy that could take the top off the defense, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, when Marquise Goodwin was gone, then they brought in somebody else like Travis Benjamin. They always want to have some guy that can you know, take the top off and then allow these other guys to play underneath. It really does help in the play action game. But the 49ers went away from that a little bit last year. Travis Benjamin couldn't block. But they had Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. He wasn't a guy that you know took shots down the field, you know, a lot. Um, so it wasn't about the the teams didn't really respect those guys as much as you probably could have. Trey Lance being involved in the game plans now shifts that back to where you want a speedy receiver. You know who three receivers are. Adding that speed element to that wide receiver core is very necessary for this 49ers team. That is going to give 
you know, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, those guys able to operate underneath in the mid part of the field where they want to operate. So I think that this is a necessary move, and that's why speed options are who the 49ers are going to be targeting, whether that's in free agency or the draft. And I think that's why everyone is so high on some of the draft picks. But there are guys like Will Fuller who make a lot of sense because, yes, when he's when he's injured, it sucks. But when he's healthy, he's one of those guys that definitely changes how your offense runs the you know runs the field and is able to make plays down the field. So I think that he's somebody you have to target. The only question I have for him, is it going to be $10 million like Miami paid him last year? I don't think the 49ers would pay $10 million for a third, potentially fourth wide receiver. So it would have to be a lot cheaper. But I think because he has the elite speed, he has to be on their radar. You're not wrong, Ant. He has to be on the radar. The speed is phenomenal. It's it's off the charts. Um, all of those things are accurate. The $10 million number is a little terrifying for a guy who hasn't consistently stayed healthy, for a guy who hasn't been able to do things. He doesn't have a single season under his belt. Not one where he's played and been available for 16 games. Not one. That's not worth $10 million. Now, is there a team that looks at all the skill sets and all the things he can do and is like, you know what, it's worth the risk? 100% there are teams that could do that. I don't know if Miami Dolphins are a team that would bring him back in, paying him that amount of money, but there are some teams who may be desperate and feel like, give this guy an opportunity to be a wide receiver one with all the speed and everything else he does. Um, he could do it. He's had a, a handful of seasons, and despite the fact not playing you know, the heavy amount of games where he's put up Really good receiving numbers. 879 in 2020, a 670, 600 plus in two separate seasons, having only played uh, 12 games or more in those seasons, or 12 games or less, excuse me, in those seasons. Those are really good numbers for only playing in 12 games, missing four games on, on the year. Um, those are, you know, trending towards being 1,000 yard seasons uh, and, and big opportunities for him. Uh, the touchdown number has also been extremely high for a guy who doesn't play a lot as well. So, yes, this is a guy that is worth the risk, but it's going to be worth the risk at a price, at a certain number. Um, and I don't think that number is going to be very, very much higher than about $4 million if you're San Francisco. Yeah, I think the 49ers are looking to get explosive players, though. Agreed with uh, you. You want to have explosive players around Trey Lance. Would this guy be the first option? I don't know. Uh, they're going to kick the tires, though, and see and see what that money is going to be. But I think there's other options that may be cheaper that we're going to talk about. But Will Fuller is somebody for everyone to keep their eye on because you just don't know what his market is going to be. And if the market falls down far enough where the 49ers can pick him up, how uh, they do that? I mean, this is what happened right uh, in the offseason. I think it was 2020 or 2019 where Le'Veon Bell became available. And it was like, well, his market value was low enough for the 49ers uh, at least showed interest. Could Will Fuller be one of those guys that all of a sudden his market's not what you thought it was and they could possibly bring him in? It could happen. So keep an eye on it. Definitely keep an eye on it. Another name to keep an eye on is T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton, an older guy, but still a speedy wide receiver, a, a veteran presence, a guy who knows how to get open and and can take the top off the defense at times. He's coming off a couple of injuries, um, but before those injuries, he was a relatively healthy wide receiver in this league. Didn't miss a lot of games. Um, the projected market value right now is about six point two million for what T for T.Y. Hilton. He made eight million last year, so two million less than uh, Mr. Will Fuller did. This does make sense, Ant. My only question is, is how much is still left in the tank? Because he's starting to get up there in age. He's starting yeah. to get up there in age. And a guy who can take the top off the defense, the older you start to get, you know, the harder it is to continue doing those things, play in, play out, game in, game out, for now a 17-game season in the, in the league. Uh, is this is this a realistic option? Is this a possibility? Yeah, I think it makes more sense when you're a part of a rotation like the 49ers have. It's also true. Uh, you're not going to be asked to run every single one of those routes. I think your role that he would be playing is pretty equivalent to what you would, you've seen from Emmanuel Sanders in 2019 for the 49ers. Okay. A guy that could occasionally get down the field and down the seam and make a big play, um, but made a living over the middle and then on the outside. 
and somebody that you feel comfortable throwing the ball to. I mean, that's one of the things you want for Trey Lance. You want guys that he feels confident they're going to be in the positions they need to be. So when he's looking for them, they're there. So I think that a guy like this makes a lot of sense. I think I equate his ability to where Emmanuel Sanders was in 2019. I think that's a really good comp. And I think that if you're looking for that type of role, 6.2 million might be a little a little much for a third wide receiver. Um, but you like the elements that he's going to be able to add. And if he is ring chasing, if he does want to get a ring, coming and playing with a dynamic quarterback like Trey Lance and playing alongside Devo Samuel and Brian Ayuk might be pretty enticing. So T.Y. Hilton might be interested in doing something like that. So, um, yeah, I would keep an eye on it. But uh, I wouldn't rule it out. But I think you know what a specific role you're going to get out of him. Correct. And I, I do think the $6.2 million number is a bit, a bit much, um, especially since the production has dropped the last three years. It's been the lowest production of his entire career. Um, his last three seasons and it's steadily gone down. Now, some of that is health. Some of it, I think, fairly could be relegated to quarterback play. Yeah, it it, it doesn't help when you have Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback or Philip uh, Rivers. Philip Rivers, yeah, and and even uh, Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? The, the up and down. it's not the same Carson Wentz that was playing. You know, for the Eagles, it's a little bit different. He wasn't not, good. This is not yeah. the MVP version of Carson. Wentz. No, and of course, Ty has you know diminishing skills as well, but. I think there's still enough in the tank that you could get a 2019 version of Emmanuel Sanders out. That's fair, Ant. That's that's fair. Um, I don't want it at 6.2 million, but if you can get that kind of production out of T.Y. Hilton, and I think all signs point to him still being able to do those types of things, then this does make sense. It 100, 100% does. Juju Smith-Schuster, though, is another interesting prospect and possibility for the San Francisco 49ers. This is a guy who's still 25 years old. Um, he's not super old. He's coming off of some injuries and things of that nature. But I think his skill sets, tra- skill sets translate very well to San Francisco, the scheme, and what they want to do. Can this work? Can the number work? I don't think he's going to command a whole heck of a lot of money. I know he made about $8 million last year. This is definitely a better number three name than I think in terms of completion overall as a wide receiver than the other two guys we talked about. But I don't know if the top end speed's there. The top end speed's not there. Well, you're looking at his conversion rate. I mean, this guy converts on third downs. Um, this guy makes tough catches and gets yards after the catch. Um, not Correct. to the level that some of the other guys are, but a little bit better version of Jawan Jennings. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He's a better version of Jawan Jennings. I like that. Uh, Jawan Jennings is, is a great blocker, and Juju's physical enough to be that. Question is, do you need a duplicate? You know what I mean? Do you need another guy that's like Jawan Jennings, or are you ready to just roll and let the kid develop? I think that the 49ers don't mind adding players that are similar. You saw it, Muhammad Sanu, Jawan Jennings, um, guys that are big body that you know can block and then you know make convert on third down and make big plays that way, score touchdowns. Juju know has a knack for finding holes in in zone and then being able to make the catch and fall forward for the first down. That's something that's always valuable to a team. Uh, we've heard him link to the 49ers for a few years now. I think this would be something they kick the tires on. So yeah, I, I think he's somebody they're interested in. But at what number? You know, I don't think you're paying that guy $8 million. And that's why I think it actually be, might be more likely for Jawan Jennings to be, you know, that role in that guy and them not pay Schuster. So um, I think Schuster, you have to keep an eye on him, but I don't know if they'll go that route. And I think, Ju- I think, I think Juju has always operated better in systems where he hasn't been a, a wide receiver one. He's been a better option when he's not the guy who's taking up, you know, the, the majority of, of, the number one DB's reps, snaps, and things of that nature. Um, I also don't want to put a lot of stock into Juju's decline since Antonio Brown left because since Antonio Brown also left, there's been a steady decline in Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback. But I don't think it's necessarily fair to correlate the two. Juju, or correlate that Juju has dropped off since AB hasn't been there. Juju dropped off with a combination of having to be forced to be a number one wide receiver, playing with a quarterback with a diminished skill set. 
I don't think it's necessarily a, a perfect representation of who he is as a whiteout. Um, and I think a change of scenery would actually be probably one of the best things for him. The question is, is that it's going to cost you a little bit something if you're Juju. Um, I don't know if there's a team out there that views him as a number one right now, currently. And that's crazy because he's 25. Yeah. He's 25 years old. But if you want to change the scenery, change the scenery may help your career. It may help you in terms of being able to get that big contract down the road. And you're right. The Niners don't shy away from bringing in guys with similar skill sets. Um, I don't think anyone would argue that Juju Smith-Schuster has more upside potentially as a receiving option than Juwan Jennings. The question is, is we still don't necessarily know what Juwan is going to be. Where is his, where is that ceiling at? You know, what else can he continue to develop in? Um, also, Juwan is one heck of a run blocker in the system. Yeah. Can Juju replicate those things? Maybe, maybe he can, maybe he can't. Um, it's definitely worth taking a look at though. And I think the Niners could do that without having to spend a whole lot of capital in order to bring him back in. Um, I think this is a more viable, reasonable option than it was a handful of years ago when people were talking about, oh, Juju, oh, Juju, he's going to be a, maybe the Niners should. I think right now his stock has, I wouldn't say fallen, but it's dropped enough now that this is an option the Niners can feasibly consider without having to overpay to bring him in. Yeah, I think a place that he would actually fit really nice is the Jets. You know, as they move on from Jamison Crowder, uh, playing somebody true. in the slot, I think he would make a lot of sense, you know, for uh, Wilson there. Uh, somebody he could rely on to, you know, convert on those plays. We know that that's something you need from that offense. You know, you need the Kendrick Bournes, you need the Jawan Jennings. Uh, so Juju Smith-Schuster going to one of those teams would make a lot of sense. But, you know, if the, if the number's down far enough, yeah, I think you have to keep the Niners in mind. Uh, yeah, definitely do, Ant. Yeah, definitely do. Who's another name that you're thinking of that you're looking at on that list of wide receivers? That very ridiculously stupid <laughs> long list of free agent wide receivers that you're going, hey, let's bring this dude in. Uh, I think I'm going to go with John Ross. Uh, John Ross is the guy that I talked about last year. Uh, he, he's somebody I've been interested in for a while. So I'm going to bring him up now because I do think that Kyle Shanann had an affinity for him in that draft. He really, really liked John Ross, but Ross was going to go, you know, in the top 15 picks and he knew he couldn't get him. So uh, he needed to go another route in that early on, and but he would love to get John Ross. So I think that there's still that avenue. He didn't make a lot of money playing for the New York Giants, but he played decent. Uh, and that's with a really bad quarterback. You get him in tr with Trey Lance, and all of a sudden now Ross can take the top off the defense in a big way. Here's a guy that can stretch the field. Um, he's a cheap option to be your third slash fourth wide receiver, depending on situation and personnel grouping, um, but provides something different from the other guys that are on your team. He's still a very good route runner, and he moves seamlessly. You can run the reverses and things like that with him, and he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. To me, this just screams natural fit for the 49ers. Go out there, get him in. Um, and let him do the things he do. He's a definite better upgrade from Travis Benjamin. He's an upgrade, you know, from Marquise Goodwin. So I think this is a guy with, you know, first round talent who hasn't maybe played with the best situations, including when he played in Cincinnati. Uh, he didn't have the best quarterbacks there. So I think you get him into a situation where Kyle Shanahan can scheme him open, get him the, the ball going over the middle sometimes. And then most of the time, though, get him down the field, stretch the field and let Trey Lance test that arm. Let's see how far you can really throw a kid. Better route runner than Travis Benjamin, I think, right now at this point of his career, um, and still has the top end speed and can can add things as a slot receiver for this team. Um, look, I, I think there's one thing here too that a lot of people don't necessarily think of when it comes to John Ross because they look at numbers and production and it's just not there, right? I think the most 504 yards receiving is is the most he's had in a single season. Started one game last year for the Giants, finished with 224 receiving yards on the season and a couple of really big plays. Uh, for them over the top down the field and things of that nature this guy this guy just fits if you look at if you watch the film everything about him screams kyle shanahan running him on reverses the way he sees the field puts his foot in the ground and gets up and explodes on tape 
the middle crossers he runs, the deep routes, the way he runs his routes, accelerates, gets guys to open up and turn his hips, stop on a diamond, sit open in the zone or sit open in man. Um, it, it just, it just kind of, it seems like Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. It seems like a Kyle Shanahan guy, kind of like you talked about. This is you know, Kyle Shanahan really wanted him in that draft. Um, I, the big thing for me is, and I've heard this from a lot of people, is he hasn't proven anything anywhere, and you'll be bringing in this guy who hasn't proven anything. Trent Shurfield was the same way. I think 49ers fans fell in love with Trent Shurfield in training camp, yeah. with what he was able to do in the system. I think this is a better version. This this right here, what he could add to the, this offense with Trey Lance in it, would be better than what we saw from Trent Shurfield in training camp this past season. I think you have to be careful of just looking at production. You have to also look at the circumstances that you know provide that production. No, no quarterback in I Cincinnati. Mean, how many other times have you seen guys, and Kurt Warner's a perfect example, um, who couldn't even make a roster? You know, he, he's he's being a grocer, and all of a sudden he's doing big things. For 49er fans, Dwight Hicks, he's working at a store. He comes back, and all of a sudden he's a pro bowler. Um, this happens all the time. You get the yes. right guy into the right situation, and he can make something happen for you. If he didn't fit the 49ers scheme, we wouldn't be talking about him. But he fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And he's one big year away from, I mean, look at uh, Kerry Hyder. He gets into the right system and all of a sudden, oh, he's out making money again. Every time he gets to a Chris Cicero, magic happens. Put the right players in the right situations. They can make plays for you. He's a d- dynamic talent. If you bring him in and he doesn't work out, you know what he is? He's a cheap option. He didn't hurt you any. It was a cheap option that you don't necessarily have to put a lot of guaranteed money into the contract. No, I mean, you could give this guy two, three million dollars, but the impact he can have, I mean, could be huge for your football way, team. Way more than two. If he, and you said his best year was 500 yards. Is as a third or four, fourth wide receiver, he's adding 500 yards to your offense, and those are explosive plays down the field. That means Brandon Nuke, Debo Samuel, his, and George Kittle are having a better season. And his touchdown number is insane. The amount of the amount of touchdowns he has, 20-plus yards on 20-plus yard targets, is nuts. You know, you know what teams aren't doing? They're not loading the box and letting John Ross go one-on-one with your corner on the outside. Nope. If that guy is a cover three guy who's slow and they can't get their hands on him because he's a, he's a little bit slippery to get your hands on him, uh, he's going to beat you down the field because now they have to worry about Trey Lance's big arm. This isn't Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Trey Lance. And that is a big difference because that dynamic is a part of the game. So John Ross unlocks a different part of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, agreed with you there, Ant. And speaking of guys who can unlock a different aspect of Kyle Shanahan's offense with the speed, Jakeem Grant does a lot of things. The speed aspect, the deep shots down the field, as well as in the return game. The guy is very, very dynamic. Yes, a smaller wide receiver. Yes, not necessarily the most physical guy in the entire world, but a guy who is, again, played in Miami in a very unstable situation with quarterback questions abound and aplenty. Hasn't necessarily had all the things. Um, hasn't made a lot of money. Hasn't really done anything to make you think he's going to make a lot of money. A cheap option, a speedy option, Ant. Why do you like Jakeem Grant? Why does it make sense? Uh, I like the flexibility. I think you could line him up in the backfield and you can line him it's up true. outside. I, I'm not looking at this guy to be one of your top three wide receivers. I'm looking for a specific skill set from your fourth or fifth guy. Um, you bring him in and use him in dynamic ways to get him the football in open space, screen passes, line him up in the backfield, pitch him the ball occasionally. But then he also is dynamic in the return game. So I think he adds aspects to your roster that you don't currently have. They tried Brandon Ayuk in the return game. It didn't work. They went to Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel can do it because Debo Samuel can do everything. Shocking. But you don't want Debo Samuel doing that. So Whenever you can add somebody that has a little bit different skill set than the other players on your team, um, it's enticing. And I think there's other avenues that he hasn't been used yet that they can use him. So I think that he's an option for the 49ers to, to bring in, kick the tires on, once again, another cheap guy. You're looking to bring cheap guys in to fill out that roster and bringing in guys with different skill sets is the key because you want to have a bunch of different tools in the tool belt, not a bunch that look the same. Speaking of guys with different different tools in the tool belt, and one of my favorite wide receivers in this entire free agent class, Isaiah McKenzie, 
out of Buffalo, um, started to really show what his potential could be Buffalo there at the end of the season. They could bring him back. They could put him some, put some money in there and invest some time with him, but they have a lot of wideouts there. They're really high on Gabriel Davis. Obviously yeah. they love themselves. Some Stefan Diggs. you drafted uh, Marquez Stevenson, hoping that he could be something, a, another speedy guy uh, that could be a playmaker for them and take the top off the defense and do some of the things they necessarily weren't seeing from Isaiah McKenzie with the speed aspect. Well, he showed it in a big way and had a cute, a couple of huge monster games. Guy who can run the football for you on fly sweeps, little jet tosses, a guy who can return in the return game and is now starting to develop and show what he could be as a wide receiver with the route tree and running different things. Um, I like, I love this option a lot. The real question is just going to be, does someone else love him and is willing to pay him, you know, a little bit more to make sure you secure him and bring him into your organization and your roster. If the Niners could find a way to get this guy in a couple of year deal, pay him six, seven, eight million dollars total over the contract, four, four and a half million. I really like this option. It adds something in the return game immediately. It takes pressure off of Debo Samuel in that respect, takes some pressure off of Brandon Ayuk and still gives you the over-the-top stuff and the dynamic stuff at the wide receiver position. It appears his market's like 2.5 to 4 million. Then give it to him. Um, the question is, is the New York Giants going to go after him? That because the, right away, right, that makes sense. Um, their offensive coordinator leaves, he goes to the Giants, becomes head coach, and all of a sudden you want to fill the roster with cheap options that know your system and that you already know how to do dynamic things with. Correct. Um, you're right, he fits the system. The same reasons I like Jakeem Grant is the same reason I like Isaiah McKenzie. Shocking. Um, there, there's a specific skill set that goes there, you know, and I know there's a lot of people that have been pushing, we need quick, you know, small wide receivers. Not so much about that. It's about what they can add to the roster in a bunch of variety of different ways. McKenzie's probably put it the most on display, like you said, with the fly sweeps and he, the things he's, that he's able to do. I, I would say of the guys we've talked about, right? He's the, well, not the, of all the guys we talked about, the la last couple of guys that we've talked about, he's shown it recently more than, I guess, John Ross and... And uh, Jakeem Grant. See, has. I don't put him in the same category as John Ross. Well, no, I don't put him in the, in the speed category and the route running. No, Ab absolutely. No, not. I mean even the type of player that you're getting. I think okay. I think if you want to categorize Jakeem Grant and Isaiah McKenzie in the same, yes, you, they're those, the same avenue. Those two, you can. I think if you wanted to put Will Fuller and John Ross in the same category, you could. That's so true. when you're looking at a certain type of player to add to your roster. Um, these guys are not the same, and you wouldn't value them the same. I think they're different in what they add to your football team. I like that. I like yeah. that. It's fair. Yeah, I just think there's different categories for these wide receivers. So you have to determine what you want. I think in a perfect world, the 49ers would love to get John Ross and get Isaiah McKenzie or Jakeem Grant because um, John Ross could take the top off continuously, and then you could use one of the other guys you in know, a different role. to sprinkle in. Yeah, run yeah. some other things, get the return game as well. So Add add the little extra dynamics and aspects to it, Ant. I, yeah. I, I do like that. Uh, let's go back to some speed, guys. Let's talk about the guy with some speed, Ant. Let's talk about Marquez Valdez-Scanley. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a mystery man. He's an enigma. I can't figure it out. He's he's always talked about in high circles with the Green Bay Packers. They they kept talking about him having big years and doing big things and huge things and putting up gigantic numbers and God what a solid number two and he just never consistently put it together. There anyway with Aaron Rodgers and that scheme and that system there with Lafleur. Guy's gonna understand the scheme. He's gonna understand some things. He's got some size and he's definitely got some speed. What's that number gonna be and and can the Niners do this and can they make this work? I think it's gonna be a big number. I do. I think he's going to get a pretty big number. I think Aaron Rodgers wants him to land wherever he is. He's at, kind of came out and said that he would love to have him. Uh, I think he would have been problems for the 49ers if he'd have played in that playoff game because I don't know if they'd have been able to cover him in the slot. The way he's able to take the top off the defense, the way he's able to run that deep fade, I think it fits what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. I don't know if the 49ers are going to have an opportunity to get him, but I wish they could because he's, once again, a speed element guy, somebody that can play in the slot, 
um, that Trey Lance could count on to get down the field and make plays. And he's 6'4". Yeah, he's 6'4". I mean, he's a big guy, and he can make big plays. I mean, this is right. The comp would probably be like uh, Christian Watson, something like that. A dynamic guy that can take the top off. I think Watson's probably a better football player down the road. Um, but right now, you know, Valdez Scantling might be the option. And he's 27. I just, I just don't know if the 49ers can afford it because I do think somebody's going to go out there and overpay this guy, you know, for the skill set that he has. And he hasn't proven that he can consistently stay healthy either. No, I mean, this is... I. As a as a number three option, I I would love it. I absolutely would love it because this is a guy who's been you know a five six hundred you know, between four fifty and six hundred seven hundred yard receiver his entire career. He's never had a seven hundred yard season, but he did have a six ninety yard season in twenty twenty. So this is a guy who can add a lot to your wide receiver room, and you can do a lot of dynamic different things with. Um, the problem is is just going to be you know what what are those things look like? What do they do? How much is it going to cost you in order to bring him in and get him in? And I think you're right. I think 6'4", speedy, um, you can't teach those things. Right? No. You, you can't take a 5'10 guy and make him 6 feet 4". Um, you, you can't do those things. He plays big. He doesn't play small. Um, this is a guy who can go up in space and make plays. And I think there's a lot of teams that, that would love something like that. Uh, don't, think, don't think the Raiders aren't looking at something like this and going, hey, we could add this this to our to our wide receiver room as well and make this a number three option You know, next to Hunter Renfro, uh, next to other guys out there in space. There's a lot of teams that are looking at this and going, this guy has a lot of skill sets. If we have a big armed quarterback, this could help us in a big way. So I think it's a little bit harder of a harder of a sell in San Francisco because you might have to pay a little bit more than you'd like to. Um, and I don't think right now than Debo Samuel, you're going to have a, a wide receiver on the roster that's going to make a lot of money. No, you're not. I mean, you're just not. And you can't really afford to pay a lot of wide receivers or, you know, a lot of money on this group because you have a lot of players in other positions that are going to make money. George Kittle, highest paid tight end. You know, uh, we have Trent Williams, one of the highest paid offensive linemen in the league. So you have a lot of money going there. So you ha- you're going to have to be very cautious about how you spend your money. I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money on a third wide receiver. That's why I think some of these bargain basement guys are actually the way to go. And then you you hit someone in the draft as well. There's plenty of talented guys who are very fast. You could add. In fact, you might even add two wide receivers in the draft. Um, but picking off some of these guys that could be impact players for on a you know a cheap number is important. I think you have to talk about Valdez Scantling because what he can provide to your football team. But as far as, you know, actual um, capabilities of being on this roster, I, I kind of put it on the lower end. I don't think it's actually a possibility. I think he's going to end up landing somewhere where somebody's going to overpay him. Somebody like, you know, the Chargers will lose Mike Williams and then, you know, fill the void with Val- Valdez Scantling. I think those type of things are going to happen. Those those types of things are, are a little bit more likely. And speaking of another guy that probably – doesn't have a chance to land in San Francisco. And Odell Beckham Jr. is a name that always pops up. Yeah. Always cut back, Crone Faithful, pops up with the 49ers. Um, he wants to be around Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch wouldn't mind Odell Beckham Jr. ending up in San Francisco. The only problem is, is it's always money. It always seems to be money, timing, and things of that nature. And uh, I don't know if you all know this or not, the Los Angeles Rams won a Super Bowl. They're trying to run it back with the whole roster. He did uh, tear his ACL in that Super Bowl game, which means he's going to miss some time. Which means maybe not going to make as much money, and uh, maybe a handful of teams would want to bring him in and pay him a little bit. And one of those teams might be the Los Angeles Rams. Does this, does this even have a chance? I think there's always a chance because whenever you can weaken a team in your division, you um, do it. you're looking to do it. But I just don't think that he's coming in You know, now that they won the Super Bowl there in Los Angeles. I think he's looking to run it back. I think he would take a little bit of a discount knowing he's coming off an ACL and then try to cash in the next year. Uh, but I, I think there, there's a push for that to happen. You know, he's he's good friends with some of the guys there now. You know that they got Cooper Cup. They're going to have Robert Woods back. So he's going to be looking at this as an opportunity to have big numbers for that football team. 
it's it's kind of a scary thing to think about but um that's probably why the re- the reason the 49ers are thinking about going after free agent corners because they need to be able to cover these guys but Odell Beckham I think the 49ers would make a phone call to uh, but I'm pretty sure he's going to end up back with the Los Angeles Rams. I would agree with you there. I, I just don't. I don't see how it could happen. Um, I don't see why he'd want to take himself out of that situation. Um, if he doesn't tear the ACL and has a Super Bowl that he had, someone's paying him this offseason a nice chunk of money. Oh yeah, but I mean, I think you always have to keep it in mind that remember Dallas, right? Uh, why would sure. Ken Norton Jr. leave winning two Super Bowls in a row with Dallas to come to the 49ers? Or why would Deion Sanders win a Super Bowl and then leave and go to Dallas? Um, anytime there's money involved, you, you never know what's going to happen. And also what these guys ultimately lifestyle they want to live. Uh, but that's why I think Odell Beckham stays in LA. This is a nice lifestyle for him. Eh, he's going to probably enjoy it. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you yeah. on that one. Speaking of another guy that might have a little bit harder time coming back to San Francisco and, or being in San Francisco, Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu did some nice things for the Niners early in the season. However, however, the development of Jawan Jennings really made it apparent that Mohamed Sanu's role had been replaced. He had a guy who was getting open consistently, a guy that was showing that he was one of the best blocking options in the league. Um, as much as I like Mohamed Sanu and the veteran presence he adds to the locker room, and I know how much Debo enjoys him being there, Brandon enjoys him being there, they're learning a lot from him. You know, Jennings obviously picked up a lot from Mohamed Sanu. Uh, his age, everything that he adds to the, to the table, I think there's some better options that may do some of the things he do that are younger and potentially cheaper. No, I would like for there to be a you know an upgrade at that position from Mohamed Sanu. I thought he played admirably. I thought he played you know decent, but nothing great or out of this world. I mean, you're improving from the you know him as a third receiver. I think you're looking to improve the third you know receiver position in general. But I think Mohamed Sanu could be around the 49ers. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't bring him back in free agency for the mere fact of filling out the 90 man roster just in case they're not able to pick up other players or they they don't want to feel like. They're beholden to drafting multiple you know, wide receivers in the draft. You have to make sure you have decent options, and he still provided himself to be a good option for the 49ers. So I think you've got to keep him in the back of your mind as somebody they could bring in to fill out the 90-man roster. In no world do I want to see this guy make the 53-man roster. Um, but you also don't want to go into the draft with glaring needs. You want to just have... You, you don't know, want to be the Texans on PFF when you pull up the draft simulator and it says team needs everything? Yeah, you don't want to have that because you want to be able to draft, you know, the best player available. And one of the ways you do that is make sure you fill a lot of your holes, even with, you know, lightly priced uh, free agents. Lightly priced free agents, Ant, are a yeah. nice thing if you're a team that's contending and, and trying to make sure you have depth everywhere and people understand your system. Speaking of depth everywhere and speaking of guys who understand the system and speaking of guys who may have a little bit more in the tank than some people think, Manuel Sanders. He made $6 million last year with the Buffalo Bills. The guy who is definitely ring chasing. I think of, of all the names on this list, we know 100% that Emmanuel Sanders is ring chasing, Ant, other than Odell Beckham, um, who's got his ring now. But Emmanuel Sanders, ring chasing, has played very well in the system, continues to show he can get open and play at a fairly high level. I don't think he's going to make $6 million. I don't think he did anything in Buffalo that makes it feel like, yeah, someone should pay this man $6 million. Um, I think... I think Buffalo is a place he could end up back in. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot of places he could end up back in. Any team that's contending and competing for a Super Bowl, Emmanuel Sanders would love to go play for. Um, but is San Francisco one of those places? I think it is because you got Kyle Shanahan, Debo Samuel, and and those guys are really good friends with him. And so I think anytime that you have a relationship like that, you could maybe lean on it. And you're right. He's looking to win a Super Bowl. You know where the 49ers were again in the NFC Championship game? Almost in a Super Bowl. You know what? The 49ers are going to have a big time you know arm at quarterback. Those are things Emmanuel Sanders likes. I mean, that's part of the reason, you know, he went and played with Josh Allen. He has a big time arm. Uh, I think that this is, you know, a place that he could land. 
Um, I don't know how likely I would put it, but anytime you have a relationship like that, look at Muhammad Sanu. After they cut him and he went to Detroit, I didn't think he was going to end up back in San Francisco for 2021. Nope. So you never say never when it comes to, you know, Kyle Shanahan and players that he's coached before or players that he has, you know, a lot of respect for. So Emmanuel Sanders is somebody that I think is a possibility for the Niners. Um, and I, you're right. I don't think it's going to be $6 million. I think it would be less than that. Three? I think three or four million, I, I think, is is a number that I think the Niners could live with and he could live with. Um, but he's coming in to be what your third slash fourth wide receiver. That's true. He's going to have a different role than Jawan Jennings. Uh, he's going to find you know locations in the zone. But he's somebody a you know a guy that really they can count on that Trey Lance can count on, and th- and that's important. Better version of Travis Benjamin in in the sense of a guy he develops repertoire with. I think he's a better version of Muhammad Sanu. I agree with you on um, that because Muhammad Sanu you know would get to the right spots and be in the right places. Um, Emmanuel Sanders proved that he can block, and he's just not as physical as Muhammad Sanu. Um, but he definitely knows how to sit down in windows and, and get open and get open. And, and that's Still something that you need for a young quarterback. Correct. Feeling like he, you know, you don't have to make it necessarily the perfect, most perfect throw in order for the guy to catch the ball. Cause if, he cre- cre- if he's creating enough separation, right. You have that wiggle room where you can miss a little bit on the ball placement and you don't feel like you have to be perfect as a quarterback, which is always great. And Emmanuel Sanders provides that a plenty uh, still, no matter, no matter the age, no matter how old he gets, yeah matter how many injuries this man racks up, coming off Achilles injuries, coming off ACLs, whatever it is, the man just continues to get open and stay compl- not just relevant in this league, but being a reliable wide receiver for quarterbacks all over the league. Yeah, I mean, he can convert, you know, third downs. I mean, if you go out in a four wide receiver set and you got Debo, Brandon Ayuk, you know, uh, Jawan Jennings, and then this guy, I think you're feeling good about it. You know, I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty good grouping to have out there all at once. You can spread the field, give Trey some, some looks, but... Yeah, he can do everything you need him to do. I mean, that's one of the the great things about having a, a nice guy like that. Plus, you are moving on from your quarter or from your wide receiver coach. Um, Emmanuel Sanders has been in that room, and we know how those players feel about him. You're not wrong there, Ant. Um, moving off your wide receivers coach, getting a veteran guy in who's played in the system, who can instill and impart more wisdom and take a little bit of pressure off your your new younger kind of wide receiver coach there in San Francisco and Leonard Hankerson. Uh, that may that may help, and that may play a role as well. Ant, it could very well be the case. Uh, let's talk about a couple of names that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about. Um, Sammy Watkins, bigger guy, speedy guy, definitely playing for contenders and playing with the Chiefs, playing with the Baltimore Ravens. Would San Francisco be the next spot? Yeah, I think so. I think he's really getting to the part of his career now where it's it's going to be about ring chasing. It's going to be about him winning Super Bowls. Um, and he's not a viable number one or number two receiver. No. But as a number three, I think he's a nice piece. So I think you have to take a look at it. And then we know the 49ers had some sort of interest in him before he went to the Baltimore Ravens. So anytime they showed interest in the past, they'll probably show interest now. Um, for the right price, yeah, you could bring somebody like this in. Because once again, it's a guy that takes the top off the defense. So a specific role. You put him in the John Ross, you know, Will Fuller type, um, Valdez Scantling part of you know what you're looking for to add to your football team. So one of those guys you would think you're looking to add, Sammy Watkins makes sense in that avenue. Uh, there's things that he's not good at. There's things that he's he's not the best at. Like he's not one of those guys that's going to be like Emmanuel Sanders and be able to find all the nooks and crannies in the zone coverage and get open. Um, but what he can do is he can run really fast. And when you run really fast, you do other things for the football team. So a different type of receiver. Um, but I think he could add to this team if it was the right price. Sammy Watkins has always has had his best years in the NFL, Ant, when he hasn't been wide receiver one. The reality of the situation. Yeah. And in San Francisco, you don't have to be wide receiver one. And that's why this works. Don't even it's, have to be wide receiver two. No, he gets to be wide receiver three, and at times wide receiver four. Yeah, you have George Kittle. Let's not forget about that yeah. either. So this is a this is almost a perfect situation. I think he went to Baltimore hoping he could 
not supersede himself into into the wide receiver one category, but he knew he could he was a wide receiver two at the bare minimum, and at times you know juggling with Andrews in terms of receptions and targets as a third option. I think I think for him, if you can go somewhere where that has a lot of talent everywhere, and you're not going to necessarily get breadcrumbs to be there, like the bare minimum, then you're in a great situation because you're going to be able to compete, contend. Uh, your right. offense is going to put up a lot of points, and that means a lot of targets for you. Um, what have we seen though? Sammy Watkins. Kansas City with the with the Patrick Mahomes a blank there for half a second. Oh my goodness gracious! Patrick Mahomes Patrick in a big Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in a big arm, right? Goes to Baltimore. You have Lamar Jackson, extremely athletic, fires a cannon again. The guy with a big arm. San Francisco, young, athletic, mobile quarterback, big arm. It translates. It makes sense. You can have success in those systems because of the speed, the things he does there, and he's a big guy. He's not a tiny. Wide receiver out there in space. This is not a, a small body dude. Yeah. Um. So this this could work, and he would do it in a slightly different way than a John Ross would, or you know, a Jakeem or Jakeem Grant with his size would. Um. It's a bigger wide receiver, bigger bigger body, bigger name. Uh. We'll see. I think I don't think he's going to command a whole heck of a lot of money either. He's coming off of the injury riddle season that was for him to, in twenty twenty one. Uh. Again, if you're the Niners, you're looking to add depth. This is a great depth add at the wide receiver position, and definitely an upgrade over. The names that we had in this room, like River Craycraft. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, that's the thing. When you look at the rosters in the football season, there were some names on there that were almost cringe. Not Brett Swain cringe. Not but, Brett Swain. Um, they're, they're, I, I will tip my hat to River Craycraft. He is not Brett Swain cringe. Yeah. So I mean, the 49ers are definitely looking to upgrade the wide receiver room, and that's why when people say they're going to draft someone, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, but I think they're going to address it in free agency as well, and that would be smart. I mean, they, they kind of tried to bring in all kinds of guys last year. It's it's time to figure this wide receiver position out to a point. Um, I think they have defined roles for the top three guys, but now they have some open spots that need to be filled, and that's why some of these guys make sense. Uh, they do make sense. James Washington, another interesting name out of Pittsburgh. Younger mm-hmm. guys in, in his mid-20s. Ant um, has been a wide receiver three for Pittsburgh, has had flashes, has had moments, hasn't been fairly consistent. What do you think? Yeah, explosive. I mean, that's the thing. You're trying to add explosive players to your team. Uh, Trey Lance needs, you know, targets that go down the field. This guy likes to go down the field. So, I mean, there you go. But it, it's going to come down to money. You know what I mean? And once again, he's not like one of the first guys on my, cho- you know, on my list. No. Um, but when you get to wave, no. you know, wave two and wave three, and a lot of these guys are off the books, if James Washington's still sitting there, then you have to at least consider it because he's a guy that's been a viable option in this league. And I think that he would be an upgrade in your wide receiver position. So, yeah, it, it, to me, it makes sense, you know, as one of those wave three guys. Correct. As a wave three guy, you're 100% right because he has proven things in this league, but he hasn't done it with consistency. He's not someone who has consistently gone out and wowed. He's had moments. He's had flashes, right? Second year in the league, 735 yards receiving. Everyone's like, we found our wide receiver two in Pittsburgh. Here he is, James Washington, and then 392 yards and 285, right? Yeah. The production numbers dropped off. And some of that can be attributed to the elevation of Chase Claypool. Yeah. What happened there? Deontay Johnson as well, and what he was able to do there as well. And he kind of got pushed down the pecking order a little bit. Uh, but look, I, I think he's dynamic enough. Um, and you're not asking this guy to come in and be wide receiver two. You're asking this guy to come in and fill that wide receiver three, four role uh, and just take the top off the defense, be able to do some things for you in the, in the run game in terms of the run blocking and things of that nature. And uh, just be a better option than some of these other guys we had. Be a better option than we had in Muhammad Sanu. Be a better option than we had in the Travis Benjamins of the world, in, in the River Craycrafts of the world. Just elevate the depth. And I think he does that. Yeah, I love the stats that you just read. You know what that screamed to me? Affordable. 
Um, you can't have guys that have great stats and be able to afford them as your third wide receiver. Stunned. So you have to have guys with potential, <laughs> you know, top end level potential. So yeah, it, when you read stats and you're like, oh, this guy hasn't done much in the league. I'm like, yes, that's what we want in our football team. A guy that can be, you know, put in a certain role. Uh, affordable is, is a good thing. It is a good thing. And yeah. speaking of affordable, you, you let this in. You, you literally, you lot this one over the plate. There you this go. segue, it couldn't have been any better. Because speaking of a guy who doesn't have production, who doesn't have the numbers, and, and the Niners drafted a few years back that you've been all for all the time. Yeah. The Catman, Dante Pettis, free agent. It's not happening, right? Uh, to fill out your 90-man roster, maybe. Maybe yeah, that. Knows. I, I don't honestly think it would happen. But in my perfect world, he comes back and wears fourteen. <laughs> I, I think I think that happens. So for, for all of you non day oneers, um, obviously Jalen heard number fourteen, but and has an, a wonderful, beautiful number fourteen jersey yeah. that's just waiting for someone to fill that void, and, encompass it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 been it, it's been Ray Worshing. It's true. Um, but it, it it could be Jalen Hurd. It, it well, it was Jalen Hurd. It was Jalen Hurd. Um, and then you know it could be other guys, uh, Kareem Osgood maybe. Um, I, I'm just looking for somebody to fill that. To fill that role right now, and uh, could it be the Catman? Could it could it be Dante Pettis? I don't think it'll be Dante Pettis, um, but yeah, I, we we just thought it was fun to be talking about Dante Pettis. Do, just, we, do you think Dante Pettis is going to land somewhere in the league? I, I would imagine somewhere. I mean, could we go with the Washington Huskies? Could we get John Ross and Dante Pettis together? Maybe that unlocks his potential. It didn't work in New York, but it might work in San Francisco. It's probably not gonna. No, I'm just going to say no. no. If, if I have a choice between Washington Huskies, I'm taking John Ross. I'll take John Ross every every day of the week, yeah. Ant. Uh, every day of the week. Uh, but let's let's move off of Dante Pettis, the Catman, into more realistic options for okay. the 49ers. Darn. Uh, listen, Dante is realistic <laughs> for the 90-man roster. I don't disagree with you there. I, I think, yeah, if you need to fill out your roster, I'd rather them just draft a couple of guys, especially late guys. There are some guys that are in this draft um, that I think have upside. You know, you can get late that are pretty pretty fast guys. So, I would definitely go the draft route. But if you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? We need a 12th wide receiver. Uh, Dante Pettis, he knows our system. Let's bring that guy and just shag some balls. Uh, put him over there with Nate Sudfeld and let them run some routes. It sounds good. Just put Dante. Caleb is screaming right now in the chat. I can see it. How dare you acknowledge him, man? You have to acknowledge him. Uh, Trent Sherfield. Yeah. This is a name we have to talk about. Um, a name that coming into last season, you and I both watched tape and went, 90-man roster fill-out spot. That's what this was. We didn't see anything on tape that wowed us. Nothing that made you think that this guy, other than special teams. Yeah, special teams um, fantastic. Other than special teams, yeah. nothing that made this guy really stand out and separated him from everyone else on the roster. And then we got to training camp. And it was like, hey, Brent Sherfield's having a pretty good camp. Kind of surprising. Um, and some of the cutback crew were really high when we got him. Um, you know, we were like, oh, after a couple, about a week of training camp, it was like, it looks like this dude is about to shore himself up a roster spot. Like the way he's playing, yeah. he continued that, definitely showed himself up a roster spot. Was, again, like we anticipated and thought, phenomenal as a special teams guy for this team. Uh, in the in the punt game, in the kickoff game, I mean, he was absolutely, as a gunner, he is fan-freaking-tastic. However, the limitations showed up a little bit during the season. He didn't have as big of an impact as people thought. Do the Niners kick the tires on this and let this roll with Trent Sherfield again in the 2022 campaign? Here's part of the problem with training camp. You go out there and you see explosive plays. You see you know, him making plays down the field. What you're not looking at is the fact he just beat Jared Maiden or just beat Diamondor Lenore or just beat Dante Johnson. Um, he's beating the guys he's supposed to beat. And yeah, Trey Lance gave him those opportunities to get the ball down the field. You know what else wasn't happening? A pass rush. 
Uh, all these things play into the reasons why Trent Sherfield looks so dynamic. You know, and then early on, he looked dynamic in the preseason. He had the big play on the play-action pass. Mm -hmm. It was great. I loved it. Um, but Trent Sherfield proved during the season, I believe, that he is a fourth or fifth wide receiver on your team. In fact, I would love for him to be the fifth wide receiver for the 49ers. A guy that you know is competent, that can go out there and run the routes you need to be ran. Um, and you can get him the football, and he can make something happen with it when he gets it. But his real value is special teams. And so I can't have that guy being my number three or number four wide receiver. I really want him to be five or six because – I think the special teams value only goes so far. And we just listed some guys that could be, you know, maybe a little bit more expensive, but could actually have more dynamics on the special teams unit. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know if Trent Sherfield's going to be back on this roster. I wouldn't hate him coming back. I actually As, like Trent Sherfield. As wide receiver five, if he's number, if he's yeah. the fifth wide receiver, then you're in a good spot. Yeah, he's a great gunner. I mean, he does a lot of good things. And I think there's still development talent there that he can get better as a wide receiver. Correct. Um, he's never going to be one and two. He's not on that level. And I think that even Jawan Jennings, you know, passed him. Surpassed him. So I, I think that Sherfield has to work on his blocking, which I'm sure ticked Kyle Shanahan off some because he didn't do it very well. Um, so I think there's other other ways they're going to try to approach this. And I think through free agency and then the draft, they might push him down the bench a little bit. So priority will probably be special teams. You wonder if that's enough for him because I think he does want to play wide receiver in this league. So he might be looking for a different opportunity. Maybe somebody like Miami would, you know, afford him that opportunity. Uh, you're not wrong there. Someone like Miami might afford him that opportunity and also knows the system and can do a lot of different things that they don't have to spend a whole lot of money on. Um, he made 920K last year. He's not going to cost a whole heck of a lot of money. No, so that's too, probably. Yeah, that's 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 the nice part and aspect of, of that situation there uh, with him. We'll see. We'll see what that happens. Uh, we have one guy that we want to talk about that is a potential either trade or gets cut candidate. But Josh Reynolds is a very interesting name. Well, I got a couple, I guess. Josh Reynolds is an interesting name that I want to talk yeah. about first before we go over to a couple of the guys that you have. Yeah. Because he's the 6'3 body, the 196-pound frame, fast guy, tall guy, 27, played with the Los Angeles Rams for a handful of years before he got, I think it was, he got traded to Detroit? I think he was either traded. He got Detroit, cut. Cut and, and picked up by they, Detroit. They picked him up, yeah. They guy who had him. familiarity yeah. with Jared Goff there. Um, had himself a, a decent little showing there with Detroit for a bit. 19 catches for 306 yards. Um, this is a name that I think is interesting just because he knows the system, knows the scheme. Speedy guy, bigger guy. I think he'd be a great 90-man roster fill out and see what happens. Kick the tires down and see you know, if there's anything there still left in the tank. I don't think this is a name that anyone should be looking at as like, oh my god, this is a huge signing. But I think this would be a better option to bring in for the 90-man roster than some of the names that are, that, that are out there or that the Niners have brought in the past. Yeah, the Niners, I think, would have claimed him. I think they would have. I think everyone knew Detroit was going to take him, but I think they would have claimed him. It made a lot of sense. They were hurting in the wide receiver position at the time. I think he's somebody that's on the radar for sure. I think they would definitely bring this guy in. Uh, having a big frame like that and then being able to run like he runs, I think he makes sense. So, yeah, you bring him in, you see what he can do. Uh, I think he, as of right now, especially, uh, he would be one of the the top five guys, you know, for the 49ers, especially because they only have two on the, on the mm -hmm. roster. So you got that going for you. But, That's fair. That's um, fair. But I do think he's better than Trent Sherfield. Uh, I think that, you know, he could he adds a different aspect to the game than Jawan Jennings does. Agreed. Um, but he fits kind of some of the the check, you know, the boxes that you want to check um, for the 49ers wide receiver. So, yeah, he's someone to keep in mind. And he's going to be dirt cheap. Yeah, he's probably going to be cheaper. So. Uh, let, let's see let's see what happens niners might be able to do it i think th that production those numbers that he had right there playing for detroit i think could translate nice for the 49ers uh, i don't know if people know this or not they didn't have a great offense so the fact that he's putting up those numbers and not a great offense with not necessarily the greatest o-line and uh, injuries in the running back room yes yeah after he got claimed i purposely watched some of the games just to see how he did um because he was a, a guy that we kind of mentioned in some of our episodes 
that you know once he got cut like hey maybe the Niners would be interested in this so yeah he was he was kind of fun to watch and he did a lot for Detroit um and he was one of their better receivers so I I do think he's an option for the Niners definitely an option Ants but who's another name who's another name that you got what are you thinking well, I mean, of course, we got to talk about uh, Jarvis Landry. 100%. Yeah, Jarvis Landry. Uh, he's kind of put it out there to the Browns. Like, hey, look, uh, if you're not interested in winning and bringing me back in the right way. And not not restructuring me. Yeah, then I am uh, looking to move on. I'm. It, it, he just said it. He's he's looking to win a Super Bowl. I think he's seen what happened with Odell Beckham. Beckham got out of there. Beckham got the championship. Those two are so good, you know, so close friends. I think Landry's looking for a right situation. So I think that, you know, him in the trade market uh, is something that you can possibly look at if the 49ers don't get the guys that they want. Uh, another guy that, you know, this guy's not fast at all by any means. He's Jawan Jennings fast. He runs like a 4-7. But what he does is he sits down in the zones in the right spot. He's very smart. He has good hands. So I think he's an option. He's had some injuries, so he won't be expensive in the trade market. But, you know, what is he going to want to get? Do you think the Niners could, could deal him for like a sixth? I don't know. I I think that there's going to be a team out there that values him more than a six round yeah. pick. I wouldn't be shocked to see a team you know throw a fourth round pick that way. Okay. Um, just because the you know the things that he could add to your football team, especially if you feel like you are a you know like for instance the the Packers. I'm not saying they'll actually do it. Um, but if you lose Valdez Scantling and you want to go a different route and you want to replace someone like Randall Cobb, uh, maybe you go with this where it's a, a better option. Uh, you're not wrong, man. And this is a guy who's consistently hovered around that. 850 to 1,000 yard range pretty much every year that he's been in the league with the exception of this past year in which he dealt with extensive injuries was playing through a lot of different stuff. Um, but this is a guy who wants to be done right by an organization. He wants an organization to care of him, value what he does, what he adds to the table for your team. Um, you know, that's that's going to treat him right and help you help him accomplish the thing he wants now. I think more than anything, which is a Super Bowl. Um, I, think, I think you're right. I think he watched Odell Beckham go away. I think he watched Odell struggling here. I think he watched Odell leave. Odell finds some success. And then when a Super Bowl was like, maybe it's just this place. Maybe this place, maybe Cleveland just, they just can't get it right. And I just need to get the heck out of Dodge. Like, just get me out of here now. I can go play out the last, last parts of my career for a team that wants to win championships, knows how to win championships, and is close to doing it. Because I don't think, I think he thought they maybe had a chance this year, Cleveland early on, because all the hype after the way they finished the the 2021, the 2020 season coming into 2021, I think he watched it unfold and was just like, this team ain't close. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah, there, there's one more guy, um, okay. and, and that's Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, he's looking to win of the Super course. Bowl. He's made a ton of money, and he's came so close. Um, you know, He's with New England. He gets a concussion in the Super Bowl. He's with the Rams. They lose to New England. He is looking to win a Super Bowl, and he, from what I've been surmised and, and told, um, luckily he's from our area, is that he would love to play in the Bay Area. He would love to play for the 49ers in front of his home fan, you know, home fans and friends. Um, that is something that he would love to do. Uh, but he's got to be able to get out of that Texans contract. And then, you know, he's still under contract there and he's still producing at a high level. So I don't know if the Texans are going to let go of him, but he fits the role that we've been talking about, right? A guy that could be the third wide receiver um, that could take the top off. And in fact, he has the ability to be a first or second wide receiver on a lot of teams because his route running is very good and he can take the top off for like nobody else. Um, so, yeah, I think he's somebody that the, the Niners would be interested if he could get out of Houston. The question is, you know, are they going to do that? They have the young quarterback. I'm sure they would love to keep this guy in their system. And they're paying him, I think it's 12.5 is the base salary. The cap hit in total is $16 million. It's a lot of, it's a lot of capital. It's a lot of cash. They eat, they only would incur, incur $7.5 though, in dead cap. That's part of the they reason, were yeah. To, to, to trade or cut him. So a lot of that money goes to, to the next team. And the next team could just 
Resign, resign, extend him a, little, a couple of years or restructure that deal as well and, and save some money there. He's trying to get cut. I think he is trying to get cut. Yeah. He's got, he, they voided, they voided two years of that contract. So he's got seven and a half million dollars coming his way between 2023 and 2024 from that deal with the Texans from when he got there from, from the Rams. So there's two voidable years already at the end of that contract. That contract's been front loaded now. I think he would prefer to just get cut, get paid that money and then take a cheap deal for a contender knowing that he's going to be making about 14, you know, 14 million this year doing it that way. Yeah, and you don't know how many years are left for it. So, no. Um this is He is only 29, but he's played a lot of he's played a lot a lot of games in this league. He's played a lot of seasons in this league and he's dealt with some injuries. And he's still dynamic. I mean, extremely he's extremely dynamic. I would love to see him in the system. Um I don't know if I, I thought it was kind of far-fetched until I started hearing some things about it. Well, look at that. I mean, that's some breaking news for your behind right now. Brandon Cooks from this area, Ant, has been hearing some things from people around in this space and uh, is thinking that there's a chance that Brandon Cooks may uh, finagle his way yeah, and I'm, I'm, out of Houston. And this isn't like just like no source. This is like somebody that's like directly connected to him. Uh, this isn't like, oh, I heard down by the... Oh, I was uh, was over in an area. I was yeah. at his old high school and some yeah. guy who knew knows his brother's sister's girlfriend yeah not that somebody that's actually you know immediately close to him and it wasn't shaped like oh yeah he's 100 trying to get out he's trying to cover the 49ers like i don't want anyone to think that it's he, he would like to be able to choose a contending team and he he would love to play for a a bay area team where he can play in front of uh friends and family well there's only one bay area team left and so i wonder who that could be bingo <laughs> <laughs> i wonder who could be cutback crew though let us know if there was any wide receivers that we miss that we need to talk about or are you done with everyone that we just said and it's time to focus on draft wide receivers because that's all you care about you saw all the speed coming out from the combine and you're like you know what just give me some of those guys i'm fine with that we want to hear from you in the comment section down below so comment away and while you're down there commenting don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already hit that notification bell ant and uh something special for those people on, on spotify right we want them to to do a little bit more than just follow us. Yeah, go ahead. If you're listening to an audio version of this uh, podcast, you know, go ahead and give us a rating and then leave a, you know, a breakdown of it. You know, let us know what you think about it. A nice review of us. Uh, if you listen to the end, uh, hopefully you liked it. Um, but yeah, I think that this is something, you know, that is, is good for our, our podcast. You know what else is good? Is remembering that John Ross ran a 4-2-2-40 in his combine. Mm. Um, so just because you see fast times doesn't mean fast people aren't available. And fast times don't always equate to great production if you're in the wrong system. Oh! Oh, Ant, it's not always a guarantee that just because someone's quick that they're going to do big things. No, ask the Raiders. Uh, big yikes, Ant. Poor we, Darius Hayward Bay. They got Darius Hayward Bay. We got Michael Crabtree. Still remember that draft. Yeah. Still threw my shoe across the room. You kidding me. Darius, you're going to let us get Michael Crabtree? A dog. I was so excited. When, when at number nine, they said Darius Hayward Bay. I just started yelling. They did it. I was like, we got Michael Crabtree. The car's not even in. I already know it's Crabtree. Like, I was I was so excited. It was fantastic. That was a great draft. And, and who knows? What, Crazy what if, things happen in the draft all the time. What if I told you there's a player in this draft I comp to Michael Crabtree? Well, then I think everyone definitely needs to subscribe. So that way, when we get to draft wide receivers, you know who that comp is. Don't miss out on any of this great free agency content and even better draft content coming your way. Not too long down the road right. and down the pipeline. We'll see you on the next one, Cutback Crew and the Faithful. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.